0: greetings to you all in the marvelous name of our lord and savior jesus christ warm welcome to naphtaliotra.com and 2407 kochi india i am professor jacob abraham what is inaugurated kingdom and what are the characteristics of this age this is the topic we intend to study in this message more than 500 years before christ god gave a jewish prophet named daniel special understanding of future and world governments While serving in the court of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, God revealed to Daniel that throughout the course of human history, there would be three more world-ruling empires following the Babylonian Empire, the Persian, Greek and Roman Empires. God then inspired Daniel to write, Daniel 2.44, and in the days of these kings, The God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Daniel added in 7.18 that the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. From Daniel's writings we see that the Kingdom of God will be set up on earth and after it is established, all earthly kingdoms will eventually come to an end. This prophesied kingdom is not simply a philosophical movement, it is a literal kingdom, a kingdom with a territory, a ruler, laws and subjects that will rule over all the nations on the earth. Approximately 600 years after Daniel's prophecy, Christ came to earth preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, Mark 1:14 and 15. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. When Jesus came to earth, the world ruling empires prophesied by Daniel had not yet run their course. The Roman Empire was in power. It was not a time for God's kingdom to replace all human governments on earth. That is why on trial before Pilate, Jesus said, but now my kingdom is not from here. Kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God according to his sovereign will. It is a kingdom where God's appointed King Jesus is presently reigning in and through the lives of his people, accomplishing his will on earth as it is in heaven. The Sermon on the Mount is a manifesto of the kingdom announced by the King. The baptism of Jesus by John is the formal ceremonial moment marking the inauguration of his rule as the anointed one, the Messianic King. John the Baptist preaching is identified as the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. He wants the children of Abraham not to take their ethnic heritage for granted but rather challenges them to be prepared for the coming of he who is mightier than I, the Messiah Jesus. With the descent of the Holy Spirit coming to rest on him and divine voice from heaven, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased, the reign of Jesus as Messianic King is inaugurated. Jesus is officially and divinely established as the Son of God, the promised heir of David's throne. After baptism, Jesus was driven to the desert by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by Satan. Unlike the Israelites in the wilderness, Jesus overcame Satan's temptation, proving himself to be the long-awaited king. On the heels of these events, Jesus declared, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. What does Jesus mean by the kingdom of God is at hand? In Jesus person and coming the kingdom has become a present reality with the arrival of the King Jesus to earth God's kingdom was inaugurated on earth as it is in heaven. The time had come God's kingdom is here with us The reason to repent and believe is that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand Israel's Messianic hopes focused on the coming of a military conqueror who would rescue them from their geopolitical enemies. But Jesus reorients their vision by declaring before Pilate that, But now my kingdom is not from here. Jesus transforms the kingdom, showing it is holistic in its nature, redemptive in its mission, and cosmic in its scope. All of Jesus' ministry, His words and the uh, miracles and signs revealed a new order, God's order. With Christ's first coming, God began the process of reversing the curse of sin and redeeming all things. Christ's miracles were not the suspension of the natural order but the restoration of the natural order. They were a remainder of what once was prior to the fall and a preview of what will eventually be a universal reality once again world of peace and justice without disease, death or conflict. The inauguration of God's kingdom through Jesus began the great reversal, repealing the curse of sin and death, ensuring that God had began the process of recreating all things. Jesus corrected the misunderstanding of the Jews about the kingdom. The Jews of the time thought that the kingdom of God would come with observable signs so that it would be unmistakable. Rome would be overturned, Israel would be vindicated and an earthly kingdom would be established. Jesus said, no, it is not coming in a way that can be observed like that. There is a mystery about the coming of the kingdom. It is here in your midst without those kinds of observable signs. It is here because I am here. I am the arrival of the kingdom, even though I will not overturn the Romans or set up an earthly kingdom now. Among the miracles Jesus repeatedly performed was casting out demons. Through his works, Jesus shows the power of the kingdom and his authority over the prince of darkness. Jesus not only declares the kingdom in his words, but also demonstrates the kingdom in his works. But the Pharisees accused him of working through the power of Beelzebul, the Prince of Demons. In response, Jesus said, Matthew twelve, twenty-eight and twenty-nine, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds a strong man and then he will plunder his house? The kingdom of God is a kingdom of conquest, the forces of Jesus are Satan, sin and death. In the dislodgement of Satan, the kingdom of God comes and um, exceeds his inherent power of conquest. Miracles of Jesus presented the blessings of the kingdom that Jesus brought to earth. Jesus' miracles were temporary forecasts of Kingdom blessings that God's people would enjoy forever in the age to come. But the greatest blessing in the inauguration of God's kingdom was the gift of eternal salvation that Christ gave to all who believed in him. To understand the inauguration of the kingdom better, let us learn the meaning of good news. The good news is the announcement that the kingdom has come, the lordship and the kingship of Jesus has been declared. His death and his resurrection have confirmed his kingship. So the good news is a declaration of something that has happened already. In Luke 4.43, Jesus summarized the purpose of his ministry in this way. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also because that is why I was sent. The phrase good news comes from the Greek noun, "euangelion," a term that occurs some 76 times in the New Testament. It means a good announcement or a good message. But notice that in this verse Jesus also said he must proclaim the good news. The Greek word translated proclaim is um, evangelizo, it appears some 54 times in the new testament. The whole phrase means that Jesus came to proclaim or to announce good news. Many evangelicals today think of the good news or gospel as an explanation of the steps an individual must take to find salvation in Christ. We should share to people how to become followers of Christ and lead them to salvation But this was in the idea that Jesus had in mind when he said I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God The good news in the scripture is about something much more significant The gospel is the good news of victory for the kingdom of God In the Greek translation of the Old Testament The Septuagint have translated the Hebrew word Bausar as evangelize so at 20 times This Hebrew word Bausar means to bring Or announce good news When these words were used In reference to kings and kingdoms They signified the good news of victory In battle And so the good news in the New Testament Is so often associated with the victory For God's kingdom So we may actually translate Luke 443 along these lines I must proclaim the good news of victory For the kingdom of God. After sin brought creation and the human race under the curse, God chose Abraham and his descendants to fulfill the kingdom commission he had first given to Adam and Eve. He gave Abraham's descendants the promised land as the starting point for spreading God's blessings throughout the world. In the days of Moses and Joshua, God furthered Israelites' privileges and responsibilities by giving the victory over the Canaanites and over the Satanic spirits the Canaanite served. Later on, David, Solomon and a few other kings of Israel and Judah had significant success in extending God's kingdom to other nations. In fact, at the height of Solomon's reign, Israel was one of the world's most glorious empires. Despite these privileges, every generation of Abraham descendants failed God in one way or another, even after God's people inherited their Kingdom with a royal dynasty and a temple in the capital city, they rebelled against God, and so God sent judgment against them. He called for an evil empires of Assyria and Babylon to conquer Israel in war. The severe defeats finally removed the house of David, decimated the temple, destroyed Jerusalem, and sent most Israelis into exile. The promised land was left in the ruins. And at the end of the Old Testament, the accomplishments of God's kingdom seemed to have all but disappeared. By the time of the New Testament, God's kingdom in Israel had suffered under the tyranny of Gentile nations for more than 500 years. But his mercy, God also inspired the prophets to call those in exile to repent in hopes for a great victory. So Israel hoped for the time when God would defeat his enemies and deliver his people into the blessings of his glorious worldwide kingdom. We can see these hopes at many places in the Old Testament prophecy. Isaiah 52.7 How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news. Who proclaims peace Who brings glad tidings of good things Who proclaims salvation Who says to Zion Your God reigns This verse is important for us Because it explicitly mentions the good news Of victory for God's kingdom Isaiah said that Messengers would bring good news And bring good tidings to Zion Both of these phrases translate The Hebrew word Bousar with the Sartagin translates with uh, evangelize. So, As we saw earlier The same terminology is used in the New Testament For the good news of victory For the God's kingdom in Christ The last line of this verse summarizes the good news Where it declares your God reigns The message forms the basis of the gospel Of the good news of the kingdom Or the reign of God Israel's subjection to Gentile nations weighted heavily on the mind of Jews in the first century. When the New Testament was written, the defeat of God's kingdom troubled Jesus' followers. First century Jews wondered was the exile, the end of God's visible kingdom, was there any hopeful good news for the kingdom of God? But all was not lost. Jesus of Nazareth proclaimed the good news of victory. It is the proclamation of God's victorious kingdom that would be established throughout the world in Jesus Christ. Nothing was more important to them than their belief that God's kingdom would rise to unprecedented victory in Jesus. The victory of God's kingdom comes in the inauguration, continuation and consummation of Jesus' messianic work. The defeat of God's enemies and the deliverance of God's people had begun in Christ's first advent. These events would continue throughout church history and Jesus will bring the consummation of the kingdom and he returns in glory. This is the final victory of God's kingdom when all evil will be destroyed and God's glorious kingdom will be extended everywhere in the world. One of the biggest questions related to the kingdom of God is, is it a present reality? Has it come in his words and deeds or is it still a future entity? Many biblical scholars believe that the kingdom of God is both present and future. They call the present as the inaugurated kingdom and the future as the consummated kingdom. The kingdom of God began at the... First coming of Jesus and is now here although it will not be fully consummated until his second coming Within the kingdom of God having been inaugurated by Jesus the church has access to the kingdom promises right now The continuation stage of the inaugurated kingdom of God is where we are now Living in between Christ's first and second coming It is a stage marked by tension between present and future this period in the redemptive history of humanity is often referred to as already and not yet. The kingdom is already here in true form but not yet in full form. Kingdom of God is present in its beginning but still feature in its fullness. We are already in the kingdom but we do not yet see in its glory. Let us read three bible verses 1 John 3 2 Beloved, Now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be But we know that when he is revealed we shall be like him For we shall see him as he is Romans 8.30 Moreover whom he predestined These he also called Whom he called these he also justified And whom he justified these he also glorified Ephesians 2.6 and raised up Together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The above verses say that we are the children of God and we are glorified and that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms as if these were completed acts. But in fact we don't feel very glorified and our surroundings do not resemble heavenly realms. That is because the present spiritual reality does not match up with the future truth it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. In this stage, we embrace the reality that we are not at what we will be. We are also no longer what we used to be. We are like the Israel during her wilderness wanderings. We have left Egypt but haven't yet entered the promised land. One day, these two will be in synchronization. So while the kingdom of God is already begun and Christ is already ruling from heaven, the full benefits of the kingdom have not yet been realized and we still suffer the effects of the far. Christ is reigning in our hearts and so the kingdom has come. It is already the kingdom has come because christ is reigning at the right hand of the father but we still live in these bodies we still live in this fallen world many of the blessings of the kingdom are enjoyed now but many of them are not here because the kingdom is still not yet some of his power is available now but not all of it Some of the curse and misery of this present evil age can be overcome now by the presence of the kingdom but some of it cannot be. The decisive battle against sin and Satan and sickness and death has been fought and won by the king in his death and resurrection but the war is not yet over. Sin must be fought, Satan must be resisted, and sickness must be prayed over and death must be endured until the second coming of the king and the consummation of the kingdom. Because the kingdom of God is still not at here, in all his glory and power Christians still suffer sickness and death. The church today can experience the promises of the kingdom because Jesus is the king on the throne in heaven and the kingdom has already been established. The final and complete defeat of God's enemies will happen with the consummation of God's kingdom. A traumatic change will occur in Jesus' strategy at the consummation. In the inaugurated stage of the kingdom, Jesus fought with the evil spiritual enemies and extended mercy to human enemies. But the advocate of humans during the inaugurated kingdom will change his position to the judge of righteousness. When Christ returns, he will no longer send mercy to God's human enemies Instead Christ will lead in battle against God's spiritual and human enemies To bring about their utter defeat, their elimination from the earth and their eternal judgment The kingdom's consummation will take place when Jesus comes back And the process of reversing the curse of sin and uh, recreating all things will be completed When our king returns, there will be no more sickness, death, tears, division or tension the peace on earth which the angels announced in the night when Christ was born will be a universal reality. Shalom will rule. For the pardoned children of God, we will work and worship in a perfectly renewed earth without the interference of sin. We who believe the gospel will enjoy sinless hearts and minds along with the disease-free bodies. All that causes us pain and discomfort will be destroyed and we will live forever. Until then the resistance remains The combat carries on But we can press on faithfully Knowing that we are the citizens of God's kingdom And the best is yet to come Let us wind up this message with an answer to the question What should we do in the present age of the kingdom We should respond to the good news regarding the kingdom Repent and believe in the gospel That means we have to repent and believe In order to encourage the kingdom of God Repentance has two stages. First, repentance is a gift of God. Because God has to open a person's mind and throw him or her to himself, this aspect of repentance must come from God. Romans two four says clearly that it is God who leads people to repentance. Without God's involvement, true biblical repentance is impossible. And the second, repentance also includes a sustained decision by the person to change his or her life. A repentant person should desire to obey God's commands thereafter. In response to God's mercifully removing the veil of spiritual blindness and thereby allowing the person to receive the grace of God, God expects us to stop sinning and begin living as He commands. Let me conclude this message, the kingdom really has arrived The king has come, the king has dealt with the sin once for all In the sacrifice of himself The king sees that the father's right hand and reigns now until all his enemies are under his feet The king's righteousness is now already ours by faith The king's spirit is now already dwelling in us The king's holiness is now already being produced in us The king's joy and peace have now already given us, given to us the King's victory over Satan is already ours. The King's power to witness is already available to us. And the King's gifts, the gifts of His Spirit are now already available for His ministry. May God bless you. Amen.